everybody, and welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. One half of the show, the better looking half. My name is Jeff. Joining me is the other half, which if I'm the better looking half, you can deduce what the other half is. It is Mark A. Johnston. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure everybody would agree that you're the better looking half, but I think about half the people would. The thing with Jeff and I, though, is, folks, is that together we have one head of hair. (laughs) (laughs) You put us together, cut it in half, we have one head. We each have a head of hair. So, you know, that helps out a lot. Now, Mark, you have not seen it, but I have got a two-tenths of a point mustache going on right now. No way. Yeah, I do. I'm trying to uh, to do the Matt Carpenter-like look for Fantasy Camp. Nice. That's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, I can I can grow some facial hair, but it's all different colors. Like, my facial hair, for some reason, comes in ginger, and I'm old as well, so I also have gray in it, so I'm thinking I might have to dye it before Fantasy Camp. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you need any pointers, you know where to go. Yeah, I know. You you do know. <laughs> this is going to be a game time decision, though, because my wife hates it, but I'm digging it. And uh, nice. we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I don't know. All right. Well, hey, this is our holiday edition of, of the show. So happy holidays to all that celebrate, no matter what you celebrate. This is uh, we're going to we're giving you a gift of some sort where we're doing a tales from the dugout this is our holiday tales from the dugout uh so uh, we'll get to that but first we want to get into bp i am i am sore i went to the batting cages for the first time and uh i'm a a little sore seeing live pitching but we're gonna fight through it we're gonna stretch so that we don't uh, hurt ourselves anymore mark if i ask you to name me the third oldest ballpark in the national league could you do it hmm i don't think so (laughs) <laughs> well, at least you're honest. I couldn't have, until I saw this answer, I would have never guessed. But the the oldest, obviously, are Wrigley and Dodger. Wrigley Field's been around since the night, what was it, 1911 or 1910? Somewhere around there. We've discussed it before. I don't want to get nicked on that. But uh, Dodger Stadium, of course, is pretty old as well. The third oldest stadium in the National League is currently... Coors Field. Wow. Can you believe wow. that? That boggled my mind. Third oldest in the NL. That's crazy. Yeah, the fourth oldest, Chase Field. <laughs> wow. I, I mean, that means, except for the Dodgers and the Cubs, every, almost since the, the year 2000, every National League team has opened a new ballpark. Yeah, that's amazing. Incredible. Uh, Gary Carter. We love Gary Carter. I think everyone loved Gary Carter except for his teammates, which is, <laughs> which is really kind of rough. We've talked about him. He's a really interesting guy. Always knew when a camera was around. Definitely uh, a fan of being in front of the camera. Very Gregorious. Great smile. World champion. 1986 Mets. Uh, it's all great. Now, Gary, though, was a clean living guy, though. He's like not Steve Garvey, Paul Molitor, not that kind of clean living where <laughs> you don't know about to later that they have literally two entire baseball rosters worth of kids. But Gary Carter did not swear and he did not like when his when his teammates swore. He now there is nothing to back to this, nothing to back this up. But this is a great story. Uh, Gary Carter is credited as having invented the term F-bomb. Really? Yeah. Because really? <laughs> he wouldn't say it. 
So he came up with supposedly the term F bomb. I'm willing to give it to him. Uh, makes sense to me. Yeah. We're going to we're going to credit Gary Carter is coming up with uh, with the F bomb. He's prolific. <laughs> well, it, you see, now a lot of guys that we talk about are prolific in things. The aforementioned Steve Garvey and Paul Molitor, they're, <laughs> they're, they're prolific, prolific in a couple of things. Uh, Gary Carter was prolific in the amount of swearing that he didn't do. There you go. Hey, the 1905 World Series, the A's versus the Giants. It was the first battle of the Bay, only it was on the East Coast and there was no Bay involved. Every win in this uh, in this World Series was a shutout. Goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah. Christy Matheson had three of them. And in the lone win for the Philadelphia A's, all of their runs were unearned. So technically, well, not technically, just for a fact, the Giants sported an ERA of 0. 0.00 for the 1905 World Series. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, that could, in theory, happen again. It could, yeah. But it won't. No. <laughs> Not a chance, but it could. I, I, I guess I should look and see what the second lowest team ERA is. Because, I mean, you just give up one run a game and you're there's a one. Right. Man. All right, Mark, we got to go to court real quick. Oh, no, not yeah, you're not. You're not going to like this one. Uh, so our buddy Marshall, who a uh, longtime listener, gives us packs of curated baseball cards. Very, very loyal listener. We appreciate it. He is uh, taking us to court for uh, something that happened last week. It happened during Wax Packs Heroes. We had uh, Ernie Witt came up, and we mentioned that Ernie Witt had uh, written a book and, and published it while he was still playing, in which he called Joe Brinkman an incompetent umpire. It, you said, quote, that's not something you should do, especially if you're a pitcher. <laughs> obviously we know Ernie Witt is a catcher whoops but Marshall is a very he rules with an iron fist here he wants to fine you $12.46 for the 1246 games caught by Ernie Witt in his career now he tried to fine me for not uh for not catching that but uh I am going to invoke the Ricky Henderson defense because I was a, I was more focused on telling the Ernie Witt Ricky Henderson story that I told right after that. So uh, my my fine is cleared, but yours uh, yours is gonna remain. Well I want I would like to say something in my defense. In my defense I'm kind of a doofus. It's not my fault. <laughs> no, and you know what? I know uh, we do this all in fun, but it is hard when we are just trying to speak off the cuff and sound intelligent because like you, uh, I'm an idiot. So these things happen. We appreciate, though, when people do, you know, we appreciate interacting with everybody. So uh, we're going to go ahead. We'll put that one on the tab. And with that, Mark, our last segment of BP, we're going to head to our trivia. Do we have a trivia corner or is it just a trivia question? The trivia. <laughs> I could clean out a corner in this room, and we could make that the trivia corner. Right, yeah, let's head to that trivia corner. Last week, I asked the question that there are three teams who have never had a MVP, a league MVP. Two of them are kind of the the, the newer teams in the Rays and the D-backs. Who is the other? Now you've had a week to to think about this. Any team bounce into your head that you think might be the answer here? And I even thought about this. I am at a loss. But when you're a when you're a doofus, I guess that that yeah, just goes to the territory. Yeah, it's the Mets. Let's go Mets! 
Yeah. Remember the Mets had didn't have a uh, no hitter until Johan Santana did it like ten right. years ago. Yeah, they they seem to take a while to except for win a World Series. I mean, then it, what seven years was it? Sixty nine. It was uh, sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. It was. I think it was seven years to win a World Series. But no, still never had an MVP. Uh, they came, they've come close a couple of times. Nineteen sixty nine. Tom Seaver came in second behind Stretch Willie McCovey. In 1984, Keith Hernandez came in second behind Rhino. <laughs> Those are the only two. That's as close as they come. Those are the only two guys that have come in second for the Mets. So I think this year it's going to be. It's this going to be the year. It could be. Yeah, I mean, listen. There, I've I've made it pretty clear. They're my they're my National League team now. It's going to be a it's going to be a slog to watch many A's games this this next season. So I'm hoping to see some. MVP-like performances out of some of these Mets. Uh, we did have some correct answers there. Some of the uh, usual cast, Brian Krause, Andrew Harner, and uh, Shane Swarznak. Thank you, guys, for continuing to, uh, to interact there. I do have a new question here. My question is going to be, who is the only pitcher to win a batting title and a pitching triple crown? Now, they were in different seasons, but somebody who won the pitching triple crown also won a batting title at one point. Wow. Well, I can guarantee you it wasn't last year. No, it was It was not last year. You are 100%. Without giving too much away, you are correct. <laughs> right. So there's your hint, folks. All right. So uh, let us know. You can get a hold of us on the socials there. Best place, uh, as I've been saying, everybody, uh, if you want to check out our Facebook page that is where we are most of the time we also have something new mark this is show number 195 we are getting dangerously close to 200 shows we are yes dangerously like we probably need to put up some tape and some construction cones to make sure that everybody knows we've got a phone number we have we have procured a phone number that is available for anybody that wants to leave us a message uh, it will be in the show notes. I'll, I'll rattle it off here. It is area code 607, which you will get bonus points for if you can tell us why we chose that area code. It is area code 607-216-8811. You can call us up. Uh, I'm not sure if there's a time limit, but let's keep it. Let's keep it snappy. You know, we might use these on a future show play the actual audio you ever want to hear yourself on two strike noise this is your chance leave us a quality comment you know we can play on the show and i'd be on the show well like, i'd like to hear myself we're still we're still that's still in the air we're, okay. we're, you're still on super secret double probation <laughs> always yeah so we'll we'll remind you of that uh, number again at the end of the show and uh, it is in uh, it's in the show notes as well but uh, if you want to call us, leave us. Uh, we've asked a couple of questions. If you call that, you'll get to hear our lovely voices. A couple of questions that we're going to ask you there. But uh, also by doing that, you're giving us permission to use your voice on this show. So like I said, we, we can download those and use them. If you don't want your voice used on the show, don't leave a message and problem solved. Yeah, you could always just send us an email or something, and then we could, you know how Windows, you can make the computer read your emails. We could do that. <laughs> yes. We're yeah, going to do a whole show really. that way. We're going to do a whole show that way pretty soon. 
That won't be annoying at all. <laughs> I'm going to do the British voice. That's my choice. Uh, all right. So that's it for BP. Let's, uh, I feel, I feel pretty limber. We are going to now get into some shorter stories like we like to do here on Tales from the Dugout. I think this is uh, version 30. Yeah, this is number 30 of wow. Tales from the Dugout. That's a lot of those as well. Dangerous. <laughs> should I say. Uh, Mark, I'm going to have you go first. Uh, some shorter stories. What do you got first? Wanted to talk about, I found this awesome nickname. The whole name is actually pretty cool. And that is the guy's name was Cannonball Titcomb. And I, I saw the name and went, wow, somebody just put a name together by using two compound words. But no, it, Cannonball Titcomb. And uh, he was a, a, he pitched from 1886 to 1890. You know, pretty sharp looking gentleman. Not the best pitcher, not the worst pitcher. The weird thing is I was trying to find more information out and found out that, well, Cannonball didn't have the name Cannon or Cannonball when he was playing. That's something that got added when he was 82 years old. <laughs> I was I was thinking Cannonball, he must have like a heavy fastball, but well, no. It, yeah, it was what the rumor or the way the story got started is that his teammates named him Cannonball after he threw a pitch so hard it split right through a piece of wood, just cut it right in half. And uh, so they called him the Cannon or Cannonball. And I was like, sweet, let's find out about this Cannonball Titcomb guy. And I'm looking him up and there's just absolutely nothing interesting about him except for his name. And the fact that he split a plank with a one pitched ball, except he didn't. And I know that those of you out there that listen to us all the time, you're shocked that there's some baseball lore that isn't true. <laughs> But this was disappointing is I really wanted to do a whole show on Cannonball Titcomb, but all I can do is talk about his name and how he didn't really have that nickname. It didn't appear in print on his name until he was 82 years old. And uh, of course, as baseball fans like to do, there was tons of research done and they found uh, a lot of references to, uh, oh, his real name, Liddell. They found a lot of references to Liddell Titcomb. Uh, never called Cannon or Cannonball. Liddell's a pretty strong name to begin with, though. I can see right. why. There's nothing wrong with Liddell, Liddell. but uh, Cannonball, it does sound pretty awesome. You know, Cannonball Johnston, I'd, that, that would be all right with me, except it would refer to my shape, which wouldn't be that great. <laughs> now, if you are nicknamed Cannonball today, are you? do you have to be a pitcher? I'm thinking you could be, a, like Spanky Lavalier could be a Cannonball, right? Cannonball Lavalier. Yeah, that would work. <laughs> I think it should be the new Pudge, right? You know, Cannonball. Pudge is such a common nickname for catchers. I think Cannonball should take its place because you've got two Hall of Famers named Pudge, nicknamed Pudge. Yes. you gotta you got to retire it at some point. Let's move to Cannonball. Let's make the shift. I, I'm with you 100%. All right. Cannonball it is. We're making that change right now. Yeah, next time we see somebody nicknamed Pudge, we're going to let them know that they're now named Cannonball. There you go. So that's my story of Liddell Titcomb, a.k.a. Cannonball. <laughs> All right, well, I want to I, I talk about Babe Ruth, somebody we've very rarely covered on this show. Uh, but I want to talk about Babe Ruth and some, some hot takes on Babe Ruth. Now... <laughs> I, I talked to you before we recorded, and anybody that has been on our Facebook page knows that I find social media very frustrating, especially lately. But oh, man. for me, it's for me, it's mainly a bunch of boomers saying how much they hate the game today. 
yet they keep watching it. They keep complaining about it. Everybody sucks today compared to whenever they grew up watching baseball. Every, you know, somebody spells Ricky's name without the E and sets me off. It's a big it's a thing. <laughs> Beyond my triggers, if I could uh, only go back in an era before social media, say like 1922, very few people at that point were on MySpace, just a right. couple of them. Yeah. But hot takes were still taking place, believe it or not. A New York newspaper called The Inquirer asked the question of baseball fans on the street, is Babe Ruth done for? <laughs> so in 1922, Babe Ruth is coming off arguably his worst year. He only hit 315. Uh, he did play in 110 games. Now, I believe that this was also the year, it was either 22 or 25, where he had some intestinal issues, where he missed time and people thought he might be done because of his health. Well, he only hit 315. He only hit 35 home runs, drove in 96, walked 84 times while only striking out 80. His on-base percentage was 434. His OPS was 1.106 for a 182 OPS plus. But people thought he was done. <laughs> he wasn't putting up the right numbers. This is, he's, he's 27 years old. So the <laughs> newspaper, they're asking people, is he done? Well, a little bit of history here. Ruth didn't start the season until May. This article is dated May 27th. So at that time, Ruth had appeared in a total of six games. Six whole games. So these are truly hot takes. He started slow. He was only hitting 136, one home run, one RBI. Again, six games, and they're asking if he's done. Now, as I said, in 1922, he did have some problems. One, it was reported that his tonsils were removed, though some speculated that he had intestine, or at least part of his intestine removed. He was also given a suspension for barnstorming during the offseason, something that was strictly prohibited. The season before, 1921, Babe had just come off the best year of his career. He had set the mark for home runs in a season with 59, led the league with, R with 168 RBIs. He led the league in walks, on base, slugging, OPS, runs scored, and total bases while hitting 378. So he comes off that incredible year. He has played a total of six games, and this newspaper wants some thoughts of uh, fans on the street of Babe Ruth is done. <laughs> so here are some hot takes from the streets of New York after six games of the, tw of the 1922 season. P.A. Dana says, quote, he seems to have lost his eye along with his tonsils, end quote. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, P.A. Dana has at least got some wit to him, but I'm not sure that uh, Nicholas Cavello from Brooklyn comes in with this one, quote, Babe has gone a lot back. He's not as good this year as he was last year. He will have to improve considerably to earn the salary he's getting. So after well, six games. I wonder what he was making. Let's see. I can tell you probably in 1922, he was making $52,000, which at that point, clearly a lot of money. Also, he went on to have a really good year and, you know, another good decade after that. So Nicholas Cavello, though, really kind of bitter. He's soured already. Next, we go to BJ Mock, M-A-U-K. He's a machinist in the Navy, 
And he, he thinks Babe's finished. He says, quote, in my opinion, Babe reached the pinnacle of his career last year. A man either goes forward or slips back. And the Bambino has started to slip like one does in time. <laughs> so he thinks the 27-year-old's finished after six the games. The old man has lost it. Yep. Six games, just like, uh, you know, like these are football games. Like one game means that much. He, he's, he's done. So, like I said, he had a down year where he was hurt, didn't play as much, still hit 315, 35 home runs. Led, still led the league in a lot of stuff here. <laughs> but this is the one year that Babe Ruth really doesn't lead the league in any counting stats. This and, and 1925 where he only appeared in 98 games. The year after this, in 1923, he uh, hit 393. In 152 <laughs> games, led the league in walks, hit 41 home runs to lead the league, 130 RBI to lead the league, stole 17 bases, walked 170 while only striking out 93, a 545, which is a career high on base percentage. That means more than half the time he went to the plate, he reached base and had a 764 slugging percentage for a... OPS plus of 239. Jeez, Yankees should have traded him while he was worth something. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen these guys' comments, you know, after yeah, that. Right. Oh, man, good call on him being done for. Yeah, you couldn't really pin these or take screenshots of these bad takes and then post it on their timeline the next year, could you? Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you know I would have totally been trolling them. Oh, yeah, that's what you do. I mean, I, I got you. Okay, I just wanted to talk a little bit about a, a Hall of Famer goes by the name of Red Ruffing. Red being a nickname that often comes out. Yeah, I think, it, didn't we determine it was the most common nickname of all yes. time? Such a unique one, Red Ruffing. Next guy that, that's named Red, we're going to call him Missile instead of Cannonball. All right. Well, no, l l let's think about this. The, we're going to retire Red as a nickname. I don't think anybody's been nicknamed Red for quite some time. But true, true. What 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 do we go? If for Cannonball we're going or no, for Pudge we're going Cannonball. What what are we replacing red with? Mauve. What, <laughs> what color is mauve exactly? What taupe? How about taupe? All right, nope. we'll have to we'll, we're de we'll have to put some more thought into this later. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, Red Ruffing, Hall of Fame pitcher. You know, 20-game winner for four seasons in a row. He uh, His career, he pitched 22 years for Boston. Most people, and most people remember him pitching for the Yankees. He did uh, have military service in 43 and 44, so he missed out on uh, some some solid time playing. 273 and 225 career with a 3.80 earn run average. Solid Hall of Fame career. And I was kind of just going over these, and, and I got to his batting. And... The guy had almost 2,000 career at-bats, 1,937 career at-bats, and he hit 269 career, a pitcher, with a 306 on base percentage. Wow. Yeah, this guy, this is a pitcher that liked to go up there and take his hacks. 36 career home runs, 273 runs batted in, even stole a base but got caught once. Um, saw a few walks, struck out a few times, but overall, arguably, the best hitting pitcher that uh, of his era. I'll agree. <laughs> as long as I got an agreement. Yeah, anyway, I was just going over some Hall of Famers and I got to this guy's stats and thought, people need to know what a hitter he was and not just a pitcher because he was, you know, career war of 
So a solid all-around career. Red roughing. It kind of reminds me of uh, Red Rover. Red roughing, red roughing, send... <laughs> send a fastball on send over. Send cannonball right over, that kind of thing. <laughs> There's a guy you don't want to play in Red Rover. A guy no, yeah. If you're nicknamed Cannonball, I want you on my side on Red Rover. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, Red Ruffing, um, interesting sort. Didn't have a whole lot to say about him, but man, those hitting stats for a guy who is in the Hall of Fame for pitching, very solid. All right, I got one more here for our uh, our final holiday tales from the dugout. I think most people that listen to this podcast are well aware of the Miller Lite Great Taste Less Filling ad campaign that ran for uh, probably a decade in the in the seventies and eighties. Um, now this is not the I'm not talking about the the Bob Euchre, you know, the ones that would have the sports uh, personalities kind of telling jokes, but the the ones where, and sometimes they were in these commercials, where the commercial would inevitably end with half of a bar yelling great taste, the other half yelling less filling as they argued yes. over their watered-down Miller Lite that they just loved. I remember those commercials vividly, and it was it was this internal argument that it either tastes great or it's less filling. Why can't it be both, Jeff? I'm I'm all that it's less filling, because there is no way that it tastes great. <laughs> Whether it's filling or not, I don't care. I'm on the less filling side. Well, the uh, the fans at Old Tiger Stadium in Detroit really latched onto this, and and they really loved this ad campaign out in the uh, out in the outfield in the upper deck. So remember at, at Detroit in, in Old Tiger Stadium, that upper deck in the outfield in right field hung over the playing field. It went it jutted further out than the actual wall did down on the diamond so you could hit a, a ball that would end up as a home run that if the stands weren't there it would have probably been caught right at the, the base of the wall well they had a bunch of guys that would sit up there at this time they estimate around ten thousand that would show up every game their version of the bleacher creatures you know they'd have fun out there heckling the the right fielder or bouncing beach balls around that would end up on the field, throwing things like batteries and so forth, which is always fun. At one point, the Tigers had to put an end to some of this rowdiness, and it's all because of Miller Lite. So uh, they thought this was fun. And I guess when you're drunk, this might be fun. Probably <laughs> around the sixth or seventh inning, half of, this, uh, half of the bleacher creatures out there would start yelling, Great taste! And then the other half would respond with less filling. And this would go back and forth. Good time had by all. At least they weren't hurting anybody at this point. <laughs> you know, in free advertising. Yeah. If, for Miller Lite. Yeah. If Miller's not buying some ad space right out there in this overhang, I don't know what they're doing. Well, eventually, as uh, drunk people tend to do, they started to morph this into some different back and forth call and response i believe is what it's called so half of this crowd would eventually start to uh, yell the two words fun and cue back to back which i'm not going to do but in your car or in the privacy of your somewhere where it's appropriate if you just want to say the words fun and cue uh, rather loudly Back to back, you know, don't give them a lot of space. And then the other half would respond with the two word response, eats and hit. So again, only <laughs> if you're in an appropriate location, yell these things out. So this would go back and forth. And this was obviously not as uh, acceptable 
as just yelling great tastes and less filling. So this lasted for a couple of weeks. And finally, the Tigers had to step in and they shut down the upper deck for a couple of weeks. Wow. Empty. Nobody allowed up there. They finally reopened it. And much to the chagrin of the bleachers creatures, the only thing on tap up there was now near beer. (laughs) No alcohol. I'm not sure what it was called then, but there was no alcohol sold up there in the upper deck anymore. They had taken it too far and now they were being sent to the, uh, I guess they were being sent to the trivia corner to, to wait out and be timed out up there. But I, I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty funny that, uh, one that they did this and (laughs) where were the, the bullpens in tiger stadium? Were they, were they, I I know in like, uh, old Comiskey, they were in the dungeons. They were like sub, like under the ground where you could, you could still see it, but it was, I don't know where, where the, uh, where the bullpens were in Tiger Stadium. Cause I could see them yelling like great taste when a pitcher warming up would throw the ball to the catcher. And then when the catcher would throw it back, go less filling. That'd be fun. But they got a little bit out of control. A little bit. Yeah. Funny. (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to do it for this version 30 of Tales from the Dugout. That's a lot of them. Uh, We are going to now settle in for a uh, a hearty round of the final part of the podcast, the uh, part of the podcast that we like to call, and so we do, Wax Packs Heroes. Hit it. All right, Mark, this is our holiday version. Uh, Nothing special about it. Uh, (laughs) There's no... Okay, if you pull Steve Christmas's Christmas uh, Christmas card, if you pull Steve Christmas's card, automatic win. Okay. But since these are 1997 Don Russes, I don't think... There's a very, very, very slim chance that's going to happen. Yeah, I can't see it, but hey, you know, uh, just any missed placement of a card, you know, anything like that. Yeah, Don Russ might have just accidentally slipped a 1974 (laughs) card. I don't even know when Don, Don Christmas, Jerry Christmas, I don't know. But yeah, we're going to we're going to open up these. Let's see. Looking at the scoreboard, Mark, you've taken a 14 to 13 lead. We are playing to 20. You are, of course, the two time, three time. I don't even remember how many times I've never won. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I am the Seattle Mariners of the Wax Facts Heroes. <laughs> but uh, this is how we do it. We're opening up some 97 cards. So we're going to take the 97 baseball reference war of each player that we pull. We're going to add those up. We've got a couple of things that can add or subtract as well from that total. Anything on a player's face. That means uh, big glasses. It means sunglasses, mustache, eye black. Any of that is a plus 10. If you've got a mustache, the quality of the one I am sporting right now, it can be a two-tenths of a point of mustache. Uh, Sweatbands with their caricature or jersey number on it, any of their final three seasons played in Seattle, two flaps or no flaps on a batting helmet, or they are batting without batting gloves. Those are all worth an t- extra tenth of a point. If they're wearing real stirrups where we can see their sanitary socks, 
you get an extra tenth of a point. Two and ones, that's a minus a tenth of a point. Any awards won that year, rookie of the, rookie of the year, Cy Young, MVP, All-Star, or a gold glove, that's a half a point for each. If there's a Hall of Famer on the card, anywhere on the card, that's a whole extra point of war. If Ricky Henderson shows up anywhere, I get five points regardless of whose turn it is. If Nolan Ryan shows up, Mark, you get the five points. And we're also each going to pick a team. And if my team shows up, I get a half a point regardless of whose card. Same for you. So who are you going to go with, Mark? Um, Boy, you know, it, I'm whittling it down here. I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers. Brewers, huh? Okay. Let's see. Last week, last week I didn't do so hot in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to go with the Cubs. I'm just going to go with the rival again. Hey, I just want to, you know, I, I mentioned real stirrups, you get extra tenth of a point, two and ones minus, uh, minus a tenth of a point. I did get an email from the A's about fantasy camp and they are giving us green socks. Hmm. So I have in my hot little hand here, I have some gold sanitary socks I have purchased and some Kelly green actual stirrups that I Very will be taking nice. with me. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. Yeah, yeah I got I, I got to do that. All right. So, Mark, I've got two uh, uh, two packs here of the 97 Don Rush, one in my left hand, one in my right hand. Which one would you like, my friend? I'm going to go right hand. Right hand. All right. I'm going to have you go first because that's worked out so well for me in the, in the past. <laughs> Extraordinarily well. These are the last of our 97s. So uh, to get down to our usual number, Mark, you're going to have to lose some cards. Would you like to lose them from the top or bottom? Drop the top five for me. All right. So you're going to lose uh, Tony Phillips. It's a good looking card. You're going to lose Todd Zeal, uh, Shannon Stewart, Jamie Moyer. Oh, tough one. And Mike Hampton. All right. So uh, let's get into your pack here. They These are really high gloss. So they're really jammed in here together your first card is pitcher for the san diego dads joey hamilton who is a famous tattooist apparently so you definitely need to put in the word baseball when searching for him (laughs) tattoo artist i guess not a tattooist i don't want to upset anybody let's see uh, joey 10 years in the big leagues uh, most of it with san diego five years three with the reds and three with the blue jays in 1997 he was with san diego 12 and 7 with a 4.25 era that's pretty good 192 and two-thirds innings 199 hits 124 strikeouts and a 92 era plus and that is good for a 2.7 war I didn't see that coming. Yeah, good news for you also is he's got that goatee and he has got some real stirrups on. So oh, beautiful. That'll be a 2.9 right out of the gate. That's a good start. Found something kind of funny. Uh, it says here in 92, Padres general manager Joe, Joe McElvain uh, stated the Padres would never have selected Hamilton if they knew his agent was Scott Boris. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just looking here. They selected him first overall. Number one yeah. draft pick. Uh, McIlvain had to retract his comments about Hamilton and Boris after Scott Boris threatened to sue him. <laughs> well, not just sue him. I mean, I'm going to assume at some point under his uh, GM ship that they would uh, also want to sign somebody that is a Scott Boris <laughs> client at some point. Yeah. Wow. All right. So uh, that's a good start for you. A 2.9. Good start. Next, you have got, well... Shoot. Now, you know you're going to get a tenth of a point here because we've set the precedent for sideburns. It's Brady Anderson. Oh, yeah. Brady and the massive, amazing sideburns. Yeah. So, you you know, really, with Brady Anderson, there's one year 
<laughs> that right. you're hoping for. <laughs> right. And that was, unfortunately, 1996, not 1997. Now, he was an all-star in 1997, so you got that going for you. He comes off that 50 home run year in 96 with 18 in 97. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Wonder what the difference could be. Shorter sideburns. That must be it. The power was in the sideburns. Uh, let's see. He hit 288, a 393 on base. That's still pretty good. Uh, he walked 84 times. That, that is not bad. Uh, let's see. 18 home runs, 73 RBI. He had 18 stolen bases as well. And as I mentioned, he was an all-star. Also led the league in hit by pitches. That helped his on-base percentage. And all of this will equal a war of 6.9 was from 96. I'm Let's sure. not get that excited. 3.7. Still I'll, pretty I'll good. I'll take it. Yeah, 3.7 plus an all-star. So uh, that will get you five extra tenths of a point, and the sideburns. That will get you a pretty good score there of, uh, what did I say, 7, so that'd be 4.4. That works for me. Now, next year, you would probably get extra bonus, or next season, you'd get bonus points, because, of course, Brady Anderson, one of three major leaguers, two have actually appeared on Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Ooh, yes. Next card, wow, you should have picked the Padre. Or, or no, I'm sorry, this is the Dodgers, but uh, good. Lo- oh, this is a good looking card and a good player. It's Hideo Nomo. Nice. Hideo Nomo, fascinating story how he got to the major leagues. That's for uh, another, another podcast. But Hideo Nomo, let's see, spent 12 years in the major leagues here in the States. 1997, he went 14 and 12 with a 4.25 ERA, struck out 233 over 207 innings. That's good. ERA plus, though, was still just a 91, so a little bit below average. All of this, though, will get you a war of 1.8. Now, he is wearing two and ones here, unfortunately, so only be a 1.7. Lazy two and ones. Yeah, come on, Hideo. Do they do that in, in the NPB? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, and who can really forget Hideo Nomo's time with the Tampa Bay Rays in 2005? <laughs> yes. It was a classic year. Yes. Well, I mean, also, he just a reminder, he pitched for the Brewers for a full season, the Tigers for a full season, the Red Sox for a full season, the Rays for a full season, and then three years later, the Royals for three starts. (laughs) The only team that he spent more than one year with was the Dodgers, and he went back there twice. Wow. All right, so that's a a good-looking card. You're at nine even. Your next card is... uh, Now, I know we're not going to talk about his uh, personal life because he is on the do-not-talk-about list, but it is Raul Mondesi. Raul Mondesi. The former Dominican politician. Not going to bring him up. Uh, father of Al- Adalberto Mondesi, who now goes by some different name. I don't remember what it is. And I think that's so that he's not associated with his father. Nicknamed the Buffalo. He's a big dude. Really? The Buffalo? Well, you know, he's a, I remember him as a big dude. Baseball reference lists him as 5'11", 200 pounds. 5'11", you got to be like 220 to be a Buffalo at 5'11". Yeah. Uh, let's see. Raul was Rookie of the Year in 1994. 1997 with the Dodgers, 159 games. Wow, he hit 310. Won a gold glove. That's good news for you. Uh, let's see. 30 home runs, 87 RBI, 32 stolen bases, and a 140 OPS+. Plus. And that is good for a 4, or no, a 5.7. Wow. Yeah, that is uh, really good. 
There is nothing on this card that's going to help you out. But I mean, you know, 5.7 is pretty good. Yeah. All right. Since we're not going to delve into his private life, we'll move on. You're at 14.7. Now, (laughs) I don't know how you get his card every single week. (laughs) Every single week. But somehow you get Omar Vizquel. (laughs) Do I can't help it. Also on the do not talk about. Yeah, this is going to be a very short Wax Hacks Heroes. We're just going to give you the numbers and, and, and move on. Now, what is very interesting here is he's with Cleveland here. And this is a home uniform. I swear he is wearing Albuquerque Dukes pants. <laughs> it's got a two-tone stripe down it that is orange and black and white. Like, that is not red. That is orange. It looks like the Albuquerque Dukes paints. <laughs> I'm going to suspect it's probably just a coloring error on the on the photo. Uh, good news for you. No shocker either. Uh, Omar was a gold glove winner in 1997. He won a gold glove like a 10 years in a row. Here with Cleveland, 153 games. He hit 280, 347 on base. Five home runs, 49 RBI, 43 stolen bases. That's a career high. Wow. 404 total career stolen bases, only caught 167 times. That's solid. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is good for you, too. 57 walks, 58 strikeouts. Wow, that, that's impressive. For his career, he struck out 1,087 times. He walked 1,028. That is impressive. That is very impressive. Uh, overall, though, an 85 OPS plus. He led the league in sacrifice bunts this year. And all this will equate to a war of 3.5, but he does have two and ones on. So that'll be a 3.4. We should maybe, new new rule, we should each name a player. (laughs) And if you get them, it's minus one. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you just got to name your most, like, a hated player. You know, yours is Omar. I'm not sure who mine would be. Maybe Jack McDowell? I don't know. I'd have to put some thought into it. But Yeah. You can't just jump out and say, I hate this player. I mean, you got to sort through it, man. Yeah. Or Bobby Thigpen. Whoever hit Terry Steinbach the most. That's that's my reasoning there. (laughs) All right. Next, uh, we got a pitcher for the Blue Jays, Pat Henkin. Pat Henkin. He played for a good while. Yeah, I think he was, you know, he was a really solid, like, number three pitcher. For the Blue Jays mm-hmm. for a long time. Uh, 14 years in the big leagues, 10 for the Blue Jays, and then the Orioles and the Cardinals. 97, good news for you. He was an all-star. He went 15 and 10. 96, he went 20 and 10. 97, he went 15 and 10, a 3.68 ERA, nine complete games to lead the league, three shutouts to lead the league. Also led 264 innings pitched. Didn't receive a single Cy Young vote. He won the Cy Young the year before, and then with these numbers, didn't get a single vote. Okay. Uh, ERA plus, though, still of 123, and that will equal a war of (laughs) 5.8. Wow. Plus, he was an all-star, so that's 6.3. Got a good pack going here, my friend. Man, I guess. Uh, Let's see. Won a World Series with the Blue Jays in 1993, where uh, he pitched a good game in the World Series there. Member of the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Nice. Very nice. Oh, he's born in, in Detroit, Michigan. So he was born literally a stone's throw from Canada, too. Yeah. So you've got uh, three cards remaining. You're already at 24.4. <laughs> Goodness. 
Next, you've got, wow, you've got a lot of do not talk about, guys. Uh, here with the Yankees, uh, with some uh, two-in-one stirrups, it's John Wetland, who we are definitely not talking about. Yeah, let's just get those stats. Pretty sure uh, if John Wetland is listening to this, it's in prison. Let's see, uh, Wetland, 12 years in the big leagues. 1997 with Texas, he went 7-2 and two with a 1.94 ERA in 61 games, 31 saves, 65 innings pitched, 63 strikeouts, an ERA plus of 249. Wow. In 1993 with the Expos, he had an ERA plus of 305. Jeez. Uh, this is good for a, of course, he's a, a closer, so we know that doesn't equate to huge numbers in war, but he did still end up with a 2.8 minus the tenth of a point for the uh, two and one, so that'll be a 2.7 for you. All right, skipping past his uh, off-field stuff, we have got pitcher for the Rangers, Roger Pavlik. If I'm Roger Pavlik's teammate, I'm, I'm his nickname to me is Dog or Doggy. Dog? Dog. Pavlek's response. Oh, Pav. Okay, gotcha. See, I think I think that's clever. I am like, I don't know. I'm proud of myself for that one, but everyone else is probably just rolling their eyes. Uh, Pavlik, seven years in the big leagues, all of it with the Rangers. In 1997, he went three and five with a 4.37 ERA, 57 and two thirds pitch, 35 strikeouts. Not a big strikeout guy. Still a 110 ERA plus, and that is good for a WAR of 1.0 exactly. But he does have the two and one, so that'll bump it down to a 0.9. And yes, folks, we do know it's Pavlov, not Pavlik. <laughs> it's just a play on words. Thank you for saving me there. <laughs> but still, I'm proud of it. I'm going to stand that's by that's it. not bad. All right. You are at 20 even, and you have got your final card. And it is uh, one of the Valentine Valentines. It is with the Red Sox as John Valentin. Let's see. John Valentin played for 11 years in the big leagues, 10 of it with the Red Sox, and then a final year in 2002 with the Mets. In 1997, well, he led the league in doubles this year. He had a good year. Uh, No awards, though, but he hit 306, 143 games played, 18 home runs, 77 RBI, 372 on base, a 124 OPS plus, and a 4.7 war. He also has eye black on here. Uh, He's got just solid socks on. No sanitaries to be seen, so I can't give that to you. But the uh, eye black will give you a 4.8. That will give you a score of 32.8. My Lord. Now, you know, just with my history in this game, I can pretty safely say I I don't have the ability to get that that high. Uh You never know. I mean, weirder things have happened. Name Not one. A lot of weird things. <laughs> Name one. By the way, Valentin, the only major league player to have pulled off three things in his career: unassisted triple play, hit for the cycle, and hit three home runs in one game. Pretty good work if you can get it, I guess. Yeah, not bad. All right, so I'm going to lose my top cards, following along with Mark's uh, example where it didn't really kill him. And uh, then, as soon as I say that, I see the top card on my pack here is Pedro Martinez. <laughs> so. There's uh, one Hall of Famer down the tube. Uh, Next, we've got Mark Loretta with the Brewers, which is good because that's your team, so that would have hurt me. Then I got B.J. Serhoff with the Orioles. Uh, Let's see, Tim Wakefield and, oh, Andres Galarraga, the big cat. 
So I, I lose out on those players. And uh, let's get into it here. So first of all, oh, I've, oh, this'll help. Because of the rule of uh, if there is a Hall of Famer on the card, even if they are not the focus of the card, you get the points. Uh -oh. uh, this is one Mr. Uh, why the hell did you trade Jay Buhner's uh, bone? And he is being congratulated, it looks like, after a home run by none other than Ken Griffey Jr. Oh, nice. Bone also happens to have facial hair and some sunglasses on at this point, too. So Imagine that. It's, go it's going well. It's, it's actually a pretty good start. Uh, let's see. So again, next uh, next round, I think we'll get extra points because he's a, a Seinfeld reference, but uh, not so much uh, this year. But let's see. 15 years in the big leagues, traded for Ken Phelps at one point. George Steinbrenner's baseball people kept saying Ken Phelps. Ken Phelps, Ken Phelps, Ken Phelps. <laughs> 1997. Uh, Bone led the league for the second consecutive year in strikeouts. But he's not mm, a pitcher, nice. so that's not so great. 157 games, uh, hit 243, still had a 383 uh, on base. That's pretty good. 40 home runs, 109 RBI, no st no stolen bases, no caught stealing. He was stapled to nah, the bag. He, he knew. He knew better. For a career, six stolen bases, 24 caught stealing. <laughs> wow, 24 <laughs> times yeah. somebody missed a sign in a, on a hit and run. <laughs> Clearly. Or just didn't hit the hit and run. Yeah, just swung and must. Uh, still 132 OPS plus, And that's going to equal a 3.3. But now we got to add on here. Because the Hall of Famer is on there. So that's a whole point. So that's 4.3. It'll end up being a 4.5 for me with the uh, with the bonuses there. See, you're selling yourself short. Wow, boy, in the, the 95 ALDS against the Yankees, he did some damage. He hit 458, uh, had a home run, three RBI, had a caught stealing. That didn't even go into his total. Yeah, so wow. So we, we always talk about the trade from the Yankees to the Mariners. He was uh, drafted by the Pirates, but he was traded alongside a Dale Barra to the Yankees for Tim Foley and Steve Kemp. Hmm. Interesting. Now, did you, they used to have Jay Buhner buzz cut night at the old kingdom where if you came in and allowed somebody to shave your head, they would, uh, you got in for free. Did you ever partake in that? No, nobody touches my scalp. <laughs> no, no. I did shave my head once. I lost a bet to Henry Mercedes catcher for uh, he caught for kansas city and the a's um, yes and the a's and i lost a bet to him and he got to shave my head but that's another story are there pictures of that there are <laughs> oh well you're gonna have to share that please i have to dig them up yeah oh well this might be uh not a hall of famer but this might garner me some good points here with the yankees wearing real stirrups andy pettit mm, yeah he had some great years there next year it might be a minus because a the Mitchell report probably had mm -hmm. his name scattered mm -hmm. about in there. But uh, let's see. Andy Pettit, 18 years in the big leagues, five World Series rings. I wish. That's not bad, right? Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Uh, let's see. 1997. Wow. 96 was his first full year. in the. Well, I guess it was his second full year. He went 21 and eight and was an all-star. 1997, he followed it up with an 18 and seven mark, led the league in game started with 35, Four complete games, one shutout, 240 innings, 166 Ks, and a 156 ERA+. Plus, He came in fifth in the Cy Young voting this year and has a war of 8.4. What? What? 
Yeah, plus he's wearing those real stirrups. That'll give me an 8.5. And after two cards, I'm at 13. Yeah, see? See? I don't want to start believing because that's dangerous. Don't start. Yeah, look, that was actually uh, the original draft of that song was Don't Start Believing. Don't believe Start it. Believing. But then they wanted That's to right. go a little, a little bit more positive. <laughs> that was good thinking. Good. That, was, that makes sense. Uh, Pettit's number has been retired by the Yankees. He's got a monument in Monument Park. Uh, Andy Pettit, there we go. I'm at 13 even. My next card uh, is a Red Sox. It is Mike Stanley. When I think of 90s catchers, Mike Stanley is right up there. Absolutely. Prototypical kind of a, let's see, 6'1", 185. Actually, a little bit, thought he would have weighed more than that. But uh, 15 years in the big leagues, six with the Rangers, five with the Yankees, five with the Red Sox, one apiece with the A's and the Blue Jays. In 1997, he split time between the Yankees and the Red Sox. Overall, he ended up hitting 297 for the year, a 393 on base take that 16 home runs 65 rbi and a 132 ops plus all of that will equal a war of 1.6 yeah another positive yeah and he's got real stirrups on well he's a catcher of course he's gonna have real stirrups on yeah i gotta be so that'll be a 1.7 you know that that would have been my weakest card obviously so far but uh, i think that Ended up being okay. Mike Stanley, a special place in my heart as he caught Nolan Ryan's final no-hitter. Oh, very nice. Yes. All right, so I'm at 14.7. Next, we have got, oh, we've got one of our two favorite players that was born in Jamaica. <laughs> Which one is it? <laughs> well, it's not Chili Davis. So uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know that that is none other than Devon White. Are we not men? We are Devo. Devo, I, I typed in Devo White just that it came right up. Let's see, Devon, 17 years in the big leagues. Six were spent with the California Angels, five with Toronto, and then a bunch of other teams. 1997, he was with the Marlins. Devo got traded a lot to good teams. Three World Series uh, with Toronto, 92-93, and then 97 with the Fish. Uh, 1997 overall, 74 games, so I'm assuming that he was hurt at some point. 245 average, 338 on base, 6 home runs, 34 RBI, 13 stolen bases, a 90 OPS plus, and that equals a war of 1.3. He does have 2-1-ons, but he also has a mustache, so that will wipe that out, and I will get the 1.3. We have not had uh, yet... Uh, any brewers or cubs <laughs> no, it's pretty impressive it's like they've actively been avoiding our our teams there's something a little interesting uh for me anyway uh julio rodriguez uh, was the first rookie with 15 home runs and 15 stolen bases before the all-star break this year and that was the first time it had been done since devon white in 1987 don't think a diva with a lot of power but yeah had some all right next we have got a houston astro He's wearing a towel over his head in this picture. It is Orlando Miller. I seem to remember Orlando Miller. Everybody was pretty high on him. Thought he was going to be a shortstop for quite a while. Yeah, didn't quite happen that way. 
Um, Signed out of high school, out of Panama. Ended up with four years in the big leagues. Three with Houston, one with Detroit. 1997 was his final year. It was with Detroit. Only 50 games played. He hit 234, a 289 on base. Two home runs, 10 RBI, one stolen base, a 72 OPS plus. And, you know, at least it's still a positive. That's a point four. I don't believe I get anything for the towel over his head because now if it was wrapped around his face, I might have, <laughs> I might have looked for some, some points, but it no. could have been points. It also would have been really weird. Ah, so he was in a, a pretty big trade in 96 between the Astros and the Tigers. The Astros sent him, Doug Brocale, Brian Hunter, and Todd Jones to the Tigers for broad o- Brad Osmus, Jose Lima, Trevor Miller, CJ Nitkowski, and Daryl Ward. Jeez. Those are all some some major league names there. Man, I guess. Just trade everybody. Yeah, that was... Uh, <laughs> both teams are like, we're not doing very well. Let's just really Let's mix just it up. Everyone. <laughs> all right, so I have got four cards left. Uh, I am literally at half your score. Uh, I am... Yeah, you're at 32.9. I'm at 16.4. Yeah. Uh, math is not my strong suit, but I do know that that is exactly half of uh, 38 or 32.8. Next, oh, God, I got a brewer. I, I had to mention it. <laughs> so that's minus half a point right off the bat, and it's one of your guys. It's the uh, alligator wrestler himself, Ben yeah. McDonald. Big Ben. I'm not sure that Ben McDonald with the Brewers is going to get me a lot of points. Ben McDonald, nine years in the big league, seven with Baltimore, two with the Brewers, including 1997, which is his final year. He went eight and seven with a four points. 06 ERA, 133 innings pitched, 110 strikeouts, and an ERA plus of 115. That will still get me a 1.7. It has a mustache here as well, so that'll be a 1.8, which is more than I was expecting, but I need some big points here to catch up to you. I was going to say, we always mention first overall draft picks, or first round draft picks, but Ben McDonald, of course, famously a first overall draft pick in 1989 by the Orioles. Yes, elected to the College Baseball Hall of Fame in 08. All right, so I'm uh, down to three cards now. <laughs> that, that one was really disappointing. Uh, oh, I got a Hall of Famer. Got a Hall of Famer that's got a mustache and eye black on here in his Chicago White Sox uniform. It is Harold Baines. Another man that could really hit the ball. <laughs> Dude could hit. Had his number retired by the White Sox while he was still playing. Wow. Pretty incredible. 22 years in the big leagues, 14 with the White Sox, seven with the Orioles, three with the A's that I remember very well, two with Texas, one with Cleveland. 1997, he split time between the White Sox and the Orioles. All together in 97, he hit 301, 373 on base, 16 home runs, 67 RBI, 55 walks, 62 strikeouts. That's pretty good. And a 120 OPS plus. And altogether, that is going to equal a war of 1.7. He is an all-star, so that'll, or uh, he is a Hall of Famer, so that'll be a 2.7 and a 2.9 with the mustache and the eye black. So still, just not really getting me over that hump. Not quite. So uh, Harold Baines, also a first overall draft pick in 1997 by the White Sox. There you go. Interestingly, uh, Baines actually had heart replacement surgery. Wow. When was that? Uh, 21. Oh, okay. just happened. I was yeah. thinking it was during his playing time. And I no, that would have been pretty that. impressive. No. <laughs> All right. 
So uh, I'm down to my final two cards. I've got work to do. I need uh, I need about 12 points. Now, while I enjoy this card because it's my favorite catcher of all time, uh, I'm not sure that Terry Steinbach is going to get me a lot of points in 1997. Probably not. But it is another card to stow away to get signed in a couple of weeks. So. That's right. <laughs> Let's see. Terry Lee Steinbach. Uh, 1997. This was his first year not in an Oakland uniform in the big leagues. He went and spent his final three seasons in Minnesota, where he is from. Let's see, 122 games, 248 average, 302 on base, 12 home runs, 54 RBI, and a 80 OPS plus. And overall, that will still equal a .6 in the positive. Not bad. Ain't going to get you there, but, you know, it's a positive. And he's got a 5 o'clock shadow, but I don't think I would call that a, a, a mustache. So I'm not going to give myself <laughs> anything there, but that'll bring me up to 21.7 with one card left to go. You know, you have a good score. I, I do, but you came in with a 32.8 and that's just <laughs> unexpected. Oh, yes. Yeah, that is strong. All right. And my final card with Cleveland is, well, he's wearing number 69 in this uh, photo. Do I get points for that? No. Well, it's Danny Graves. I think Danny Graves went on to have a pretty long career. Uh, yeah, 11 years in the big leagues. I think of him with Cincinnati, which is definitely, of those 11 years, nine were spent with the Reds, three with Cleveland, and then one with the Mets. In 1997, oh, wow, he didn't didn't play. Oh, he started the season with Cleveland, then was traded to Cincinnati. Only appeared in 15 games, though, 26 innings, an 83 ERA plus, and a war of minus .5. Oops. Wasn't the direction you were hoping. There. No, so that will uh, bring my uh, total score down to a 21.2 in hand. Which in other weeks would have been a winning score. That, yeah, that was one of my better packs. I am not going to lie, but, I mean, you came out strong. You're a strong road team. Very strong <laughs> road team. <laughs> we, we play a lot of games on the road. <laughs> I think maybe next week, I, I might, next show, I might switch it up and go first. See, that might ruin everything. Well, well, it also doesn't matter because I let you pick the pack and you somehow. Yeah, I'm just not good at this game. I'm not going to lie. It's all skill, man. I say it again. It's all skill. All right. So that bumps you up to 15 compared to my 13. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right. uh, That's going to wrap it up. We do want to mention that we are taking next week off. It is uh, a holiday here. So uh, we're going to take some time off. Uh, We'll be back in the first week of the new year. And then I'm headed off to fantasy camp. So uh, we'll hopefully have kind of a a show we'll throw together for one of those weeks while I'm gone. But uh, it's going to be a little little, uh, sparse from us here in the next little while. But you know what? Follow us on social media. And I promise you, one, there will be a lot of stuff, a lot of pictures and stuff and videos from fantasy camp. (laughs) I have no doubt. If you if you aren't interested in it all, you might want to mute us for a little while because there will be a lot of pictures and there will be a lot of A's, guys. So obviously I'm going to A's fantasy camp. But we are going to take next week off. Then we'll be back. Again, feel free to follow us on social media. Best place to follow us is Facebook. Links are in the show notes. Just look for Two Strike Noise on Facebook. Also, that phone number. I'm hoping this will be fun. Give us a call. Area code 607-216-8811. And leave us a message where I forget what we're asking for online, but got a couple of questions there that we're looking for some answers. Give us a call. 
leave us a message. Uh, obviously, you know, we're going to edit things out if if you're going to swear or anything. Please don't or say something insensitive. But uh, hopefully we can have some fun with that. Uh, we yeah, also have a number again. It is 607-216-8811. And again, there is a significance to that area code. Uh, if uh, we'll give a special shout out to anybody that can come up with that, first of all. But we also have an email that people like to, to use as well. Mark. Sure. Yeah, you can write to us at two strike noise. Spell it out. No numbers. T-W-O strike noise at gmail.com. All right. So uh, we want to wish everybody that uh, is celebrating holidays right now. Happy holidays. Everybody be safe. And uh, we hope we'll talk to you in the new year. So that's going to do it for 2022 for Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. 